0: Hi, this is Donna Otto and we are Modern Homemakers. I'm not sure what makes us modern, except that it's 2022. And there are all sorts of things that are changing and being rearranged. I was talking to someone today, and we're talking about words that we think we know a lot about, but we keep hearing about. And I'm not going to start that conversation, because if I do, I may bunny trail down the road and miss my plan for today, which is to talk to you one more time about a small book. When I say small, its dimensions are about six by eight, and there were 150 pages written by Cindy Bunch, forward by Ruth Haley Barton, and it's called Be Kind to Yourself: Releasing Frustrations and Embracing Joy. And I was given this gift of this book at the end of the year last year, and I decided there was a lot of fruitful subjects. And so I brought it to one of the groups I lead. And I said, you want to look at this book this year? Want to talk about some of these chapters? There are 12 chapters. They include Second-Guessing Myself, which is the wisdom of the Enneagram. I talked about Enneagram a few days ago. I cracked under pressure, taking one thing at a time, and things I don't want to do. And the girls loved it. So we've been looking at these chapters, and I chose four of them to talk to you about as we wind down the year of Modern Homemakers 2021-2022 Spring. So today I'm gonna talk to you about be kind to yourself, things I don't want to do. Are there any things in your life that you don't want to do? Can you think of one thing you really never want to do? Pause, think. One thing you regularly procrastinate about. I think I may ask my producer, is there something you regularly procrastinate? Just tell me the word if you've got one. Regularly procrastinate. Something you find mundane and would rather not do. Garbage. Taking out the garbage. Garbage. Well, that sounds like a very mundane task that nobody really wants to do, but it has to be done. That's why it's good to have children. You can send the children out to take the trash out. So mundane and procrastination. Now think about that word. What does mundane mean to you? What makes you think something is mundane? I think my response to that is that it's repetitive, that it's regular. I watched the script's spelling bee in two sessions the other day. It was on last weekend and it's a very long evening and I, I couldn't make it through the whole evening and the next day I watched the rest of it and I am stunned by the spellers and what they spell and how they spell it and what the questions they ask. And I remember being a spelling bee-er myself. And I made it through the ranks of the lower grades and then the junior high and then went to the assembly and I made it through the first round and the second round. And on the third round when I was down, really, like I could have been the bee champion, the word was Regular. I never say regular without thinking myself in the eighth grade, regular, and I forgot the U. And it was because I didn't know how to spell it. It was because I was so preoccupied with the B. It wasn't mundane to me, but I think things that become routine become mundane and we tend to procrastinate about them, and Cindy says that the things I don't want to do need to be flipped into being more gratitude. When we move from the mundane to the relational stuff, linger with what provokes you. Ask God what you can learn from the thoughts that plague you, moment by moment throughout the day. There are certain things that bug us and things that I don't want to do, like make the dentist appointment or pay the bills or do my expense report or get the oil changed in the car. Can I add one or put gas in the tank? Uh, My husband has spoiled me for decades. He fills up the gas tank and I just drive it. And sometimes, He forgets, and I forget, I never remember until a light goes off and starts beeping at me and I realize I don't have any gas in my car. I I guess I don't like to fill up the gas tank. But when I take that very simple thing and turn it from a mundane, required event to something that I can be grateful for, I'm grateful I have a car. I'm grateful I have finances enough to fill up the gas tank. And in the spring of 2022, when gas prices are $5.50 plus a gallon, we're glad to be able to afford to fill up a whole tank full of gas. So what is it that you find mundane? And why is it that you can't switch yourself onto it and say, I'll be grateful for these things that I'm able to do. Responding to an email. Someone who asks you to do one more thing and instead of responding, you just avoid it because you don't want to say yes or no. Or engaging in a conversation that's difficult. Um, I, I have learned with a lot of hard life that when I have something that's difficult, it's better for me to let's just get it over with. Let's just talk about it. Now I'm married and my husband doesn't always think, let's just get it over and let's talk about it. He'd like to wait on it. Now part of it, and you know this is true if you're married, waiting on it means I may forget and he may forget. And to tell you the truth, with all giggles I can add, I think that's a brilliant way to handle some of these things because some of it really isn't important enough to talk about. But what about the things that are serious, that require a conversation? Can you turn them into gratitude instead of feeling like this is one more thing I have to do that I don't want to do? I look back to Matthew again, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 34. He says three times between verse 25 and verse 34. He says three times this phrase, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. Be not anxious, be not anxious, be not anxious. Different different version. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own today trouble today's trouble is enough for you so take each day and the things that you find mundane or the things that you find absolutely um, impossible and you want to procrastinate them begin each day believing that tomorrow will have enough troubles in it take care of today's troubles and find some gratitude The second chapter that I want to chat with you about today is in this book written by Cindy Bunch. The title of the book is Be Kind to Yourself. And this chapter is on the subject of forgiveness. Now, that's a very broad subject. And through the years, we've talked about forgiveness many times. But I sometimes feel just as the author did when she titled this chapter, I can't believe he did that. Hmm. And probably she uses he because most of us are most often more bugged by something our husband or wife does. So I can't believe he did that or I can't believe she did that. Is something we think about something that happens often because we go from thing to thing to thing and day to day to day and year to year and decade to decade and you see these couples who've been married for 65 or 75 years and you say, how many times did he or she say I can't believe he did that C.S. Lewis said we all agree that forgiveness is a beautiful idea until we have to practice it shall I read that again? We all agree that forgiveness is a beautiful idea. I love to be forgiven. I love to teach on the subject of forgiveness. But I don't always love having to practice it. Now, I'm old enough to tell you that I've practiced it enough to know that I don't let myself lapse into unforgiveness for very long. And that's because this unforgiveness is torture, it eats me up from the inside out. And I think, I know that some of you who are listening have, hmm, you have been struggling with unforgiveness for more than a short time. Some of it you have struggled with for all of your lifetime. Unforgiveness toward a parent or a sister or a school teacher. And I think sometimes those pieces of unforgiveness, most often, they become worse. The unforgiveness becomes worse than the actual offense. Because we let it stew, and it gets bigger, and we repeat it. And then what about if you're living with someone who continues to do the same stupid thing? Like, He's never going to learn. She's never going to learn. And I think about myself and some of the things that I've asked God to help me with for decades. And I think I'm never going to learn. I'm never going to get over it. But then I remember, this is not about my becoming perfect. This is not about my spouse becoming perfect or my daughter or my grandchildren or my best friend. No one is becoming perfect. We are being made more perfect In Christ, and when we see Him at the end of our lives, or He comes to gather us, we will be perfect like Him, but not until then. So, what does that mean? That means I'm going to always be in a place, always until I die, or till Christ comes again, I will always be in the place of being needful of someone's forgiveness needing someone to forgive me for something I did, some thoughtless thing I said, some unfinished deed I promised to do and I didn't get done, etc., etc. Some of them are large and some of them are small. Some of the sins and transgressions we have against one another are not simple things. They're very difficult things. But human forgiveness is a reflection of our experience and our understanding of God's forgiveness. I'm going to say that again. Human forgiveness is a reflection of our experience and understanding of God's forgiveness. God's forgiveness. If I understand what a stinker I am, have been, and will continue to be because I'm human and I understand that God has forgiven me, makes it a lot easier for me to forgive you. Uh, I I had an issue just last week with someone, and I thought, really, is she doing that again? Really, haven't we been there before? Do we have to do this again? Yep, it looked like we had to do it again. And I was reminded of this very thing that I'm speaking to you about. Yes, with people we live with and engage with, And I have been engaged with some people who are not my family for 25 years and 35 years and 40 years. I've been in a small group with five other women for an excess of 42 years. We've known each other a long time. We've seen the best and the worst. We've needed forgiveness for one another because none of us have behaved perfectly. When we acknowledge our own inner pain and frustrations, when we voice our most difficult questions to God, when we feel all of our feelings, then we open ourselves up to the opportunity for healing. We aren't dwelling on the negative. We aren't dwelling on the sin. We aren't dwelling on the unforgiveness. We are dwelling and gazing at God, gazing at God Psalm. Uh, Psalm 18, I believe it is, that talks about how we gaze and look up at God. Let me end with Psalm 18, verses 16 through 19. He reached down from on high. He took me. He drew me out of the mighty waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. God delights in you. He delights in all of us. He gave his only son that we might be able to understand what forgiveness looks like. So as I talk to you in these last days, Uh, June 2022, I want to encourage you to consider being kind to yourself and offering forgiveness to yourself and to others is a great way, a great place to begin that kindness. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of trying a new kindness to yourself.